Welcome to Life Point. I'm your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Due to life's current situations, I have reached back into some of my 2016 shows to share with you. I hope you enjoy them and may God richly bless you. Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Well, I'm certainly glad you're listening today, and uh, I hope that today finds your you're you joyful and full of the living spirit of God in you, and that you're working mightily to do what it takes to see people know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I hope you're getting in the world, like I asked you yesterday, if you listened yesterday, to be in the world, to make a difference in someone's life, to just to breathe some kind of difference, some kind of encouragement to somebody. You know, when I hear stories about different people's lives and people praying for other people and and people risking their jobs to pray for other people, my life is touched because I know God will bless the faithful. God will bless those that will reach out. And I, like I said, I mentioned that yesterday, and I think it's so important. I talked about being merciful, and I take a little bit more about that today, but in a different tone. But we must respond to fellow man. You and I, we've got to respond to the needs out there. If we don't, who's going to? And we need to be a concern for the poor and those in need. You know, and I'm glad we have a food bank. I told you yesterday we have a one of my friends from church, uh, Pat, works at the food bank, and uh, you know he he's touching people's lives. He has a compassion for others. But some people have become so callous; they just say, "Oh well, well they made their bed, let them lie in it." Yeah, they do. You know, if they would have done things when they're younger, you know, and I don't have to take care of them because they made horrible mistakes. Well, let me tell you, folks. Every one of us have made mistakes. There's not a one of us that hasn't done something that, as my dad would say, boneheadish. <laughs> my, my dad's term a lot. Those things come to my mind often because I just think that I could just see a picture of my dad saying those things. But is that, that's what Jesus would do. Jesus would respond. Some would say, well, I, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> well, that's true. But you've been called to emulate his life. Well, the greatest example you have to follow is that of Jesus Christ. And, you know, folks, if we don't follow the master, I mean, we might as well follow the greatest uh, person that ever lived, right? And that would be Jesus Christ. But sometimes we get caught up saying, oh, I can do things on my own. I, I, I'm a Christian, but, well, folks, we need to, our faith, faith without action, folks, is useless. Just plain and simple. Faith without action is useless. In fact, listen to James chapter 2, verses uh, 14 through 18 says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose to a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. A brother and sister, who is that? Probably someone in your congregation, you know, or somebody that you know. But if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You know, uh, well, in fact, then he goes on to say, verse 19, you believe there is one God. Well, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Then he says, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Then he goes on to talk more about, you know, and it's amazing because faith, faith without Action is dead. And we can say all sorts of things in our life about what we do and this and that. But if we're not showing it, you know, what good are we? And people, we've got to be good. We've got to be about reaching people. If Christian people aren't that way, we certainly can't anticipate uh, other people be that way. 
You know, some of the greatest people I know that maybe have not accepted Christ are the most generous people in the world, tremendously generous people in this world. They just need Jesus. And of course, they're going to be lost without Jesus, but, but they're very generous. You know, there's a lot of people like that that I know of, you know. Well, uh, if a youth group like ours would have stopped by the house and asked for canned goods for the needy, you know, years ago, I, 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 it hit me. I would give them everything that I had in my closet that I wouldn't be eating, like hominy, because I cannot stand hominy. If somebody, and I don't know why I would have hominy, but, or some val, uh, vegetable that I didn't like. And then it hit me one day as someone came by, why would I give somebody something that I don't like? They probably won't like too. And someone said, well, at least they're getting some food. I changed my whole philosophy and I said, God, I'm sorry. So I started giving them the food that I would eat, the tomato soup, the raviolis, the green beans, the pork and beans, things that I like. And uh, you know what? Sometimes we just fail. Even as Christians, we don't even think about that. I mean, I don't know how many years I did that. I didn't even think. I just went in my closet. Things have been sitting there for a while and things that I chose not to eat. And then finally I said, Man, I'm going to give the best to these people. You know, we just automatically fall victim to selfishness, don't we? I did. I certainly did. The enemy has pulled this world so crazily. Respond to people. We got to respond to people's needs. Proverbs twenty-one thirteen says, "If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered." Folks, did you hear that? Solomon said a very distinctive passage. That carries a lot of weight. If a man shuts his eyes, excuse me, his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. That's kind of scary. That's a powerful verse. You want to hear from God? You better respond to the thing God calls you to do. Okay, now some of you are squirming out there in your seat. You're driving a car and you're getting a little uncomfortable. That seatbelt feels a little more tight, doesn't it? Because you know what? This adds biblical truth to the equation. We need to teach, not enable. Now, I I agree with that statement. We need to teach and not enable. And some people, sometimes I must admit, uh, this is the other side of the perspective, is we enable people. All they want is you give, give, give. And some of these people that are on the street, some of these people that are panhandlers, uh, you just, we completely provide for them and we don't teach them about working. As the Bible says, we need to be working for our wages. And we just, and so we have, there's there's a line there, isn't there? This is kind of the other side of the coin. There are many people who really think they are doing right, helping others, and continually taking care of their needs. But there's a problem. They're not teaching people how to live and how to make it. Now, folks, I've had that. People I've dealt with in my life and in my ministry that has been, you know, they have virtually taken, uh, they have taken advantage of the system. And I started realizing that. I started realizing some of the people I was helping, they had they had more luxuries than most people. They had all the toys that you could imagine. They had, they had, if they would sell those things, they'd have mountains of money. But they wanted somebody to give, give, give to them. They wanted something for nothing. We must teach responsibility. We must teach responsibility. That's one reason why I love the Financial Peace University class. And our church offers that. In fact, the man who I talked about earlier, Pat, Pat leads the Financial Peace University class, a man who's concerned for those in the food, works in the food bank. He leads that, and every time, he's, in fact, he's going through a session now. And then we have another church that is using our church to teach that. and we have So we have two different sessions going on with Financial Peace University trying to teach people how to be financially responsible. 
I was real excited last week when my daughter came up to me and says, Dad, and she showed me all the envelopes in her purse. I've got things laid out. And he says, and she handed me her uh, tithe to put in the, the offering plate. That she, I'm, this is God's. And then she went to the bank and she put some money in her savings that she had laid out. And she has a she has a plan. She's trying to live by a plan. Things that financial peace that teaches. And I love that. I wish if I would have known some of those things when I was 23 to 30, I would have been a lot better shape today than I am, you know, and, you know, now you worry about retirement and say, well, man, am I going to make it and this and that. But uh, debt has a strange hold of society. You know, we must have had over, uh, well, we've had a lot of people in the last number of years finish a class, probably 300 people maybe been through financial peace and their lives, you know, have been changed. I know my friend, Pastor Brian, who now pastors the Oregon Trail Church of God in Caldwell. And, and by the way, the church is doing great. If you want a good church to go to, stop in over there. If you're from the Caldwell area, it's on the corner of uh, Middleton Road out there. A wonderful church. In fact, the gym is named after my dad, who pastored the church in town for 17 years. But Brian is doing a great job. And man, people are coming. It's growing and it's vibrant. Brian's a young 35-year-old pastor that... Uh, has a lot on the ball, but Brian got involved in financial peace, and I'm telling you what, he is uh, he's doing tremendous. I wish I would have had his know-how at a, a younger age. I'm very proud of him for doing that. But we need to be wise because God has some great plans for us. And we, when we're wise, God blesses. God opens up doors. You know, it's it's an ongoing struggle because life is a struggle, especially with the the uh, economy like it is today and all the different struggles. But I know one thing, if you honor God, you know, he honors you. It's just, it's a principle that I try to teach my church and that you wish people would uh, would honor God more if they're giving, because it, it certainly is something that churches deal with, not just my church, but many churches. They say the average Christian church, about 20% of people actually tithe, you know, you give a 10% tithe and you hate hammering on it because you want people to come to know Jesus, but you need to teach the word of God too, is it's important that we give and like I said, I'd, you never be disappointed when you give because God will bless you. Well, Second Thessalonians 3, 6 or 13, Apostle Paul talks about warning its idleness. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is an idle, disruptive, and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we work night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Well, folks, I mean, that's the scripture that a lot of people use when we talk about the people that uh, need to get a job and just want to live Live uh, people just handing them food. The Bible says the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. So he kind of hits us all there, doesn't he? He really does. The Bible teaches that we need to work and to make it our way and to take care of our needs. Again, it's important for us to teach that to our family, to our friends, to our church families. You know, there's there's times that people, 
can't have jobs. We try to help people find jobs, and it's not easy. I had someone this morning say, Pastor, do you have any idea where there's a job opening for for someone, an office manager? We have a lady in the church that needs a job and a great woman. And so we try to look, and as we find jobs, we try to help people get in jobs, but it's not easy. Well, hey, I'm going to continue this tomorrow, and I hope your day is filled with God's joy. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.